In the beginning of this week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayishlach, we read about Yaakov, who's coming back after having spent um, 20 years with his uncle Lavan and some more time on the way. And now he's headed back home. And now he's going to meet up with his brother Esav. Of course, the wicked Esav, who's asset to kill Yaakov and coming towards Yaakov with 400 men. And Yaakov ultimately meets him and is able to uh, defuse the situation. Um, as the Pasuk tells us, as the story unfolds in the beginning of this week's Parsha, uh, we find something interesting that Yaakov is uh, sending messengers to Esav and he says, go tell my master Esav, your servant Yaakov is coming towards you to find grace in your eyes. And as Yaakov finally meets Esav, Yaakov bows to Esav and again calls him his master and, and, and uh, looks at himself or expresses that, he's, that Yaakov himself is Esav's servant. So there's a tremendous amount of humbling himself before Esav. And again, bowing and calling him his master and so on and so forth. Which begs the question, um, you know, why is that okay? Yaakov is a tzaddik, Yaakov is holy, Esav is wicked. And is it proper, is it okay, is it the right thing? That the tzaddik is sort of humbling himself in front of his wicked brother. Uh, Furthermore, even before they were born... Um, as the Pasuk tells us a couple of parshas ago, that when Rivka, their mother, had, was pregnant with both of them, with Yaakov and Esau in her womb, and she goes to hear what's going on. And she goes to the, um, to the prophets at the time, Shame and Aver, and she asks what's going on, and they give, them, they give her a, promise, a, a prophecy, and that is that um, you're going to have two children, and the older is going to be wicked, and the younger is going to be a holy and the older will be subservient to the younger. Virav Yavoid Tsoir. That the older brother, the wicked brother, is going to be subservient to the younger brother, to Yaakov. Which means that there's a prophecy even before they're born. That Yaakov is meant to be the leader. That Yaakov is meant to be the master. And Esau, the wicked, is meant to serve Yaakov. And yet, here in the beginning of this week's Parsha, Yaakov is going the other direction. And he is very much humbling himself before Esau and calling him his master and bowing to him. Why is that okay? And more importantly, what's the message in that for us? Which is the idea of all the stories of the Torah, of course. So um, we've discussed numerous times that the story of Yaakov is really the story of each and every one of us. Um, Yaakov is this man of tremendous holiness, this great tzaddik, who is forced to uh, spend so much time dealing with places and people who are quite wicked and not holy. All those years with Lavan, then with Esav, later in Mitzrayim. The story of Yaakov, as, uh, as the Torah tells it to us, is all about his involvements with people and situations and places that are much less than holy. And Yaakov's mission is to deal with them, is to affect them, is to refine them, is to transform them. And that's what Yaakov does and that's why Yaakov really represents each and every one of us, because that's our mission in this world. All of us are, are essentially a neshama, a soul, that comes from heaven, that's holy, that's sublime, and is sent down into this world and enclosed in a very physical body and involved in a very physical world with a very simple mission, and that is to refine and to bring light and to bring holiness and to bring spirituality and to bring transformation to people, places, things, situations that we are constantly involved with. And that's why the name Yaakov itself, it's really all in his name, which is put together are the letters Yud, which is that the first letter of Hashem's name, representing the soul. Akev, Akev, which is the heel, just like the heel of the body is the lowest part of the body. 
So the Yud of Yaakov descends into the Akiv. The Yud, the holiness, the soul, descends into the lowest places of creation in order to fulfill that divine mission that it was entrusted with. Understanding that, let's go back to our question why Yaakov is humbling himself before Esav, and let's give two approaches, two very beautiful and different approaches, but both powerful messages for us. One approach is more of an esoteric one. And that is, why is it that we have this mission of refining and transforming those, those again, people, places, and things that are much less than spiritual? And Kabbalah and Hasidus teach us that it's because there's tremendous divine sparks, powers of divinity, that are hidden specifically in all of these places and things in the world that seem not holy. And in fact, those sparks of divinity that are enclosed within the mundane, the physical, the unholy, are very powerful sparks and very high spiritual sparks, very full of, filled with divine energy. And when we're able to disencumber them, when we're able to refine and transform those things or people or places that we're involved with, we're able to um, disencumber, to elicit, and to reach those powerful sparks of divinity that we would never be able to reach without getting involved with this. And therefore, says Hasidus, when Yaakov says, Esav, you're my master, he's not talking about the physical Esav, the wicked Esav, he's talking about those sparks of divinity that are hidden within Esav. That holiness that's there within, that Yaakov is out to connect to, to get, to disencumber. So Yaakov is bowing to Esau, and Yaakov is calling Esau his master, and Yaakov is saying, I'm your servant. He's referring to the holiness that's embedded deep within Esau, and that's who Yaakov is humbling himself before. And of course, that's such a powerful message for us in our own involvements in all different areas of life, understanding that wherever we're at and whatever situation is placed in front of us or circumstance, it's because there is tremendous divinity there, that's there for us to connect to and ultimately to be recipients of. And therefore, we're humble before the, the divinity that's all around us, that we are, that there's our mission to reach and ultimately connect with. That's one explanation. But a second explanation, and perhaps, perhaps a, on a lower level, on a simpler level, when we're tasked with bringing light and holiness and spirituality, to a place, to a situation, to a person that otherwise doesn't seem to have it. There's two ways how that can happen. Sometimes we come and we shine a great light. And when we shine light, sort of, sort of everything just falls into place. Right? A person studies Torah and does mitzvahs and acts in a very spiritual manner and behavior, and that alone causes a tremendous um, impression on the world around them, on people around them, and people gravitate towards that. And situations just become brighter and, and connect when they see the light of Torah, the light of mitzvahs, the light of holiness. That light itself causes a spiritual revolution. And that's, that happens sometimes, and that's easy when it happens in that way. All too often, though, it doesn't work that way. It's not enough. It's not enough just to shine a light and expect people and situations just to fall into place and to get into line and to be attracted to the light. Many times, it requires much more involvement in that. And that's when we have to actually get very deeply involved and engrossed 
with that situation or that person or that place or that thing that we're trying to elevate, refine, and transform. And when we have to involve, that, re that requires getting, if you will, down and dirty. Meaning that ho the holy soul that comes from heaven has to get very, very involved in the physical and very involved in the mundane. We have to get very involved with people and talk to them and explain and, 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 and prove and argue. We have to get very involved in our jobs and put, on, put in so much effort and so on and so forth, all with the hope of ultimately causing a level of transformation. And that's a much more difficult, but ultimately much more powerful, effective transformation that will cause a more powerful transformation. Because when one is really be getting involved deeply and, and, so to speak, lowering themselves to the level of the one or the thing that they're transforming, that they're refining, the transformation is going to be that much more meaningful. And that's really what's happening with Yaakov and Esav. When we humble ourselves before an Esav, that means that we're really getting involved with him. That means we're going down to his level. We're talking to him. And we're saying, yes, I understand you. And yes, I'm connecting with you. And it's only through that that Yaakov was able to affect that Esav comes in this story. And Esav kisses Yaakov. And Esav accepts Yaakov. In this story, Esav says, finally, for once he says, you know what? The blessings that were given to you are really for you. I'm not upset anymore. That only, because, that only came because Yaakov came to Esav with that humility. So true, of course, Yaakov is a tzaddik and Esav isn't. And of course, ultimately, Yaakov has to be the leader and will be the leader. But in the process, in the process of transformation, there has to be going down towards, towards the one who we want to refine, towards the place that we want to refine, dealing with him or it on its level and humbling ourselves before him. And that's the second lesson in Yaakov's humbling himself before Esau. Yes, we have that neshama and soul, and yes, we have the mission of transformation, but many times that requires humbling ourselves and lowering ourselves and getting very deeply involved with those and the places and the things that we have to transform. And these are the two lessons of the beginning of this week's parsha, Yaakov which really means each and every one of us with that mission of dealing with the Esavs of life, the difficulties, the unholiness of this world, with the ultimate goal of fully refining and transforming everything in this world to holiness as Hashem's mission is, using these methods that we're learning from our father Yaakov, and Hashem should give us the ability, the wisdom, and the courage, and the strength to be able to see all of our missions through in completion and bring the Kedusha, the holiness of, of Hashem, to every aspect in this world until the coming of Mashiach, maybe speedily in our day. Have a good Shabbos.